This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey hun, it's me, Danielle. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Which was the 
which was the most innovative beauty brand in the world. We also won Women's Wear Daily Beauty Brand of the Year. We also were the number one trending beauty, beauty brand on Google in 2018. I mean, there's a reason why we get some of press. There's a reason why we're the leaders in clean beauty, which, by the way, we pioneer. So let that go. Let them be whatever naysayers they want. I mean, really, it's, it's such a crap and it drives me crazy. And it worries people so much. Um, okay, one other question. Wow, guys, welcome back for another episode of Provence to Humans. I am here with Holly, who is an ex-beauty counter consultant, um, and we just heard a clip um, that is on YouTube. I will put it in the show notes from the former, or no, the founder and former CEO of Beauty Counter saying it's not an MLM. It's not like other direct sales companies. Um, so... Holly, you didn't start in Beauty Counter. You had a couple of other MLMs that touched your life first. But um, before we circle into like how your MLM journey started, like let's break down this video a little bit. Sure. Um, so one of the things that I really, um, I listened to it earlier when you sent it to me, but then when I was listening back to it again, I didn't catch the B Corp thing the first time around. And that is a hot button topic for me. Yes. I, I haven't looked into Beauty Counter's B Corp plan. Have you looked at it at all? Um, yes. And they have, it's it's kind of hard to understand, frankly, the B Corp measuring system. But Beauty Counter has some of the highest, I guess, numbers, like requirements that you have to hit. Um, to make these numbers, if you will, I know this sounds really ambiguous, ambiguous, but it is. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're a very highly rated, I guess, B corporation so, in the B corp rating system. Okay. So you need an 80 um, on like, so the B corp thing uh, to like become a B corp it's essentially a survey that the company fills out, totally not biased at all. Um, right. <laughs> like, I can't imagine how on earth this could possibly be biased. Um, <laughs> I hope that everyone notes my sarcasm. Um, so yeah, you need an 80 and their score is a 97.7, which is higher than Arbonne's. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm also going to take a second to plug uh downline pod here I did do an episode with her where we did talk about B corporations uh in Arbonne and like I talked about how like this whole rating system works and how just not biased it is at all um in her podcast and I will go back and find it and link that episode in the show notes too um because I'm gonna get way more into it there than I will here but um so this is saying that an ordinary business has a score, a median score of 50.9. Um, but so it looks like, so their 2021 B Corp score was 97.7. And it does look like every year they are getting better. Yeah. Um, but the thing that is absolutely bullshit to me about B Corps, um, and we're going right there with the swearing today. because. I, <laughs> these just really push my buttons with MLMs is that B Corps are about being an ethical company. They're about caring about people. It's about caring about the planet. It's about 
caring. It's about giving a fuck. And it just blows my mind that these companies think that they can say that they give a fuck about people because they're using us. Yes. Yeah. Um, Beauty counter. One of the biggest things with the company is transparency, right? Transparency with personal care product ingredients and, um, yeah, uh, this system now I will say beauty counter does a great job looking for, you know, packaging, like ways of packaging that is, is more eco-friendly, um, you know, more sustainable practices, um, sourcing of ingredients, um, talc being one example, like looking at, okay, is this using child labor? If so, like, you know, maybe we can't take this from the community. They may need this labor, but how can we make it so that it's safe for these children or safe for the community, or maybe, you know, make sure they're not exploiting children, these things. So they do, you know, they do do good things like that. The, the problem comes again, like you said, where it's like, okay, you're looking for these things to, be good for the planet, good for people. But when people are losing money and people of the top are making a ton of money and the people of the bottom are losing money so that the top people can make money, how is that for people? It's not. (laughs) Right, exactly. And like the thing that gets me too about it is there is, a I. it's been a little bit, I did just look up like the numbers and stuff, but I don't have time on the podcast to like deep dive the B Corp plan. But, um, like there is a section of like the B Corp questionnaire that is about your employees. And for me, when I looked through the Arbonne one, it was just very clear to me that there were some sections where they were including the 1099 workers and some sections where they weren't. Um, and like, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it where your, your numbers look good for this. So you include it and your numbers don't look good for that. So you don't. Like these companies are companies that do have legitimate employees that have salaries and or minimum wages and stuff too. So like, you know, they do have some sort of employee base to like do this off of, right. um, but they lump in the 1099 workers sometimes and it's like, okay, but like, how can you say this? Right. Right. It's not clear. It's definitely right. not clear for it's sure. Very muddy. And like, yes. you know, I look, I obviously love the environment. I love the world. I want it to not be on fire and to have all these ice cap meltings. And so like, sure, like I'm all for companies in general, trying to find cleaner, better ways of doing things cleaner, such a greenwashed word. Um, But like, you know, these sustainable methods need to be proven and they need to not be greenwashed labels. And I think that the B Corp stamp is in a lot of ways greenwashed because there's so little regulation around it. Agreed. Agreed. And, um, okay. And then of course I just lost my train of thought. Oh yes. Now I got it back. Um, yes. And, and some of the science, this is the tricky part because beauty counter, I feel like does a pretty good job. Um, some of their science is accurate. Um, Like people demonize the word chemicals. Well, water is a chemical, right? (laughs) It's H2O. It's a chemical. Um, And, you know, so you can't like, who's going to demonize water, right? Um, (laughs) 
And so they do a good job, good job of explaining like, no chemicals are not bad. It's there's harmful chemicals and there's, you know, non-harmful chemicals, but even that is too, uh, broad of a way of looking at it, I guess, if that's the right way to say it, because there's some in between there, the, you know, and we can talk more about this in a little bit, but the, the poison is in the dose. It's not, there's some ingredients that are being demonized by these companies that are really perfectly good and are some things that make our products safe Mm -hmm. uh, for either consumption or use on the body. And, um, you know, preservatives, many types of preservatives being one of them that have been very well researched and they've been now demonized by the clean beauty movement. And, um, it's actually making products unsafe, not safer. So, you know, we really need to make sure that our science that we are quoting is very, very accurate. Right. Exactly. And like, I think that that's a really good point. Like, water is a chemical and like, so let's just use like an outrageous number. Like if you drink 500 gallons of water in two hours, that would not be good for you. And I would be willing to bet you would have problems. (laughs) Yes. Actually my, I have a story about that. My dad, he was that one of the happiest days of his life was the day he was told by his doctors to drink or to use more salt because he was drinking so much water. I believe the condition is called hyperkalemia. He was like literally washing the sodium out of his body. So his electrolytes were all thrown off and it was like hurting his kidneys. And so, (laughs) so the doctors were like, pull back on the water a little bit. And then, uh, put some more salt in your diet, but (laughs) yeah. 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 True story. That can happen. It can. It can. Poisons in the dose. Yeah, exactly. And like, and this kind of circles back to the thing is like, you know, obviously here in uh, anti-MLM world, we don't like or support uh, multi-level marketing businesses, but that doesn't mean that all products are crap. It, It doesn't mean that all companies have like everything wrong with them. I think that the fact that companies are trying to be more um, eco-friendly is fantastic. Like we need companies to be doing that. It needs to be on the companies and not on the consumer to fix these issues, um, that we have in our planet. Um, so I think that's fantastic. And especially since MLM companies are pretty big in our world, especially like these big ones, like Arbonne and Beauty Counter and stuff like that, like they, they do have a carbon footprint. So like, I'm glad that they are making those moves. Um, and I don't want to like completely poo poo everything that they're doing, even though I'm so annoyed by it. Um, because the thing is, is this is where it's double edged is like, I'm glad that they're doing it. I'm glad that they're trying to do these things because it's important for our planet, but I feel like they try to hide behind these B Corp labels and other like vegan cruelty free things like that. In order to mask the the fraud, the scam, all the stuff. So it's like, yes. oh, it's just so infuriating. Yes, it is. It is because if you're going to be a company that's all about integrity, that's all about transparency, you know, I, there... I feel like more and more in our world today, like there is the difference between a truth and a lie. 
you know, there's, there is, there is an actual thing that's there's truth or there's a lie. And, and that's becoming so much more muddied and so much more, well, my truth is this and it, and it's like, no, there's some things that are actually reality versus fantasy. You know, there's actually truth versus, and, and, but there's so much marketing that goes into things that just creates so much confusion. Yeah. And especially in the marketplace and there, and it's intentional, you know, it's intentional because, you know, different tactics sell products and, and fear or saying, oh my gosh, if you use this ingredient this is going to harm your family or, you know, whatever, or exploiting people's experiences and illness. Like people have had legitimate side effects from medications or, or, you know, horror stories from certain products and things like that. And that takes advantage of those unfortunate experiences. And, um, yeah. And it really, yeah. Misdirects people. It really (laughs) does. It really does. And, you know, I just want to take a second to say, I love that this is how we started off the podcast. Like, um, with this, like, really big conversation of just like the ethics of MLM and like their labels and what they hide behind because it's so important because these are the things that when you're like active and in and when you're in your hun mindset you're like but these things these things are real these things are supposed to be good like I I was holding up the B Corp thing when I was in Arbonne being like, but it's a B Corp. Ben and Jerry's is a B Corp. Life is good as a B Corp. And and I work for a B Corp. Yes. You know, and it was Absolutely. so exciting for me. And like, it just gives so much like false hope to people that you're doing a good thing when in reality, they're just holding up these shield so that you're not going to see the lies behind them and it sucks yes well and that's one of the things that attracted me to the company it you know it hit kind of the points that are really important to me because I've always been a person and I'm not saying this to like you know be self-congratulatory just to you know share a little bit about myself is that you know I've always been involved in kind of community service oriented things either through my church parachurch organizations or other organizations and because that's something that's important to me and um you know we my husband and I were our adoptees and we are, we're foster parents. And so we're, we're passionate about things like that. And so, um, you know, anything that's going to like say, oh, you can do this, you can make, you know, a positive impact on your community. You can make a positive impact on your family and other people's families. Like, of course, I'm going to be like, yeah, I sign me up. I'm all about it. You know, if I, if I have the time or if it's something that, I'm excited about, I, I want to put time and energy and, and money into it. Right. I want to support that. If I can't do it myself, I want to support you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it hits those pain points for people for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that you were, you are a foster parent and that you guys do that because I think that that's a, also a very big community that they try to hit. They try to hit people who have big hearts and have big homes because they want like 
think about how many families you're communicating with. And also like I might, one of my best friends is a foster parent and uh, also is involved in her church. And she um, is just connected to so many people. Like when you are like really in that position and if you're like very connected in the community to like get the support to like thrive as a foster parent, um, your network is huge. Yes, absolutely. You're a gold mine in MLM. Absolutely. And now we're, we're um, no longer foster parents, um, but we still are involved with the foster and adoptive community very actively and, um, and still, you know, do some advocacy work and things like that. And, um, and uh, we adopted a child through foster care and um, we have a bio child and an adopted child and, and, um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely like, for sure, um, through church and through communities like that, you see so much MLM, like, yeah. you know, trying to go, you know, draw you in because it's also like, you're, I think sometimes they're attracted to like busy people cause they know you get things done. And I also think that like, I don't know if they, you know, I, I guess like there becomes this thing where it's like, okay, they know that you're compassionate too. And so, you know, I guess like we said, I'm second ago, they're going to hit those pain points and they know you have connections. So it's, yeah. (laughs) And as MLMs love to say, stories sell. So if you are, I mean, we barely have even heard your story, but we already know that you have probably quite a compelling one because you were adopted and you are a foster parent and you're involved in your church. So like there is already a lot of like emotional points in that story that we don't even know about, but we know that they exist. So if I was an MLM hun and I put my MLM hun hat on, I'm like, wow, Holly's (laughs) going to be an awesome rep for whatever insert company because you're going to be able to sell stuff based off of using your, your trauma. Yeah. To sell, which is just terrible. It's just terrible. Yes. Yeah. 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 The why that's in every, and, and I really didn't know that until I think until I got into like the second MLM I was ever involved in, like the why thing. And then once I got out, then I realized like, that's something that every, they all use. Why don't we circle around and what, what first got you into MLM? When, when were you introduced originally? Well, I grew up um, in a small town and my mom got involved in Mary Kay. Um, so just to give a little background, so um, my, I was about 12 or 13. My dad um, became a quadriplegic when I was like 10 and literally overnight from a disease. And um, so before that, my mom, he was a farmer and my mom was a homemaker and what they call nowadays stay-at-home mom, but back then it was a homemaker. And, um, and so she was really you know, you can imagine that's a really traumatic thing to happen. And uh, my parents were 43. And, you know, so 
you know, halfway through their married life that happens. And so she was kind of looking for something outside of our home. And uh, my mom was really, she always love to dress really nicely and she always used makeup and you know was kind of a glammy glammy lady and so Mary Kay was right up her alley and she became a consultant and it gave her an outlet and you know outside of the home and she could also earn some extra income so and she was really a natural salesperson uh, she's very good with that. And she got to the level of red jacket and don't ask me to explain red jacket. Cause I don't remember, but it's like, you know, it's a promotion anyway, but, um, but yeah. And she, I, I don't know, like, cause the way they structured the meetings back then, I don't know how many people she had under her, quite frankly, I know she had to have a few people under her at least, but, um, I know she sold a lot of product too. Um, because the meetings back then, like way back in the day, um, in the early eighties were, you know, in the hotel, uh, meeting rooms. So the director would hold that and, um, you know, they'd all go, but it was, you know, for me as like a 12 or 13 year old girl, this was really impressionable because like in the 80, in the early eighties, you didn't see a lot of glamorous business women, at least up close anyway. And, um, so that would really made an impression on me. And, you know, with this company, you got recognition for things that you did. So like if they met a milestone or, you know, met a goal, like their weekly goal or whatever, everybody in the room's cheering for them. Like they sing these cheesy songs, they, you know, clap for you, you get a ribbon, you get a pin for everything you accomplish. So it's really validating and uplifting and um i just thought wow this is the awesomest thing ever right and and i got to earn makeup from my mom and stuff you know and you know skincare and stuff by helping her and like you know she'd sell stuff to like doctors offices or whatever they'd buy stuff for their employees so i'd gift wrap them and i'd help her do inventory and all that because back then you did have to hold inventory and um, so, yeah, so that was my first exposure to MLM. And I didn't know that's what it was at the time. Um, and so when I went into college, I kind of thought, well, maybe this would be a good like little extra money thing. But I really, I was like, not, I would try it a few times, like to do a few shows. And I was like, yeah, this really isn't for me. So I had a super short stint in Mary Kay, but my mom was pretty much in it until like, maybe like a year before she passed away. So she was like, you know, die hard for that until the end. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was really my first exposure and it was very positive. So of course it left a positive impression in my mind um, for these companies. So Yeah. And like, you know, I think that we hear this quite a lot is like somebody will kind of like dip their toe into a company and they're like, oh, this one's not for me. Like this just isn't quite right. And like, you know, you, you did, you had those ties to the Mary Kay community. So like it was already so positive and you got to see all of that community and everything, all of the things that are why we join because you don't join a cult, you join a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And yeah, and I never saw really anything negative, you know, from my mom's end of it. Of course, I, you know, I didn't know the financials, like she's not going to break that down to me. So I don't, I have no idea how much money she actually made, um, you know, but but yeah, it always seemed positive. And, and so like fast forwarding, um, years later, I, you know, my dad had passed, I got married, my, I, I moved, I moved my mom. Um, we moved from Illinois to Northern Michigan. And, um, then I had my daughter and, um, I'd probably been in Northern Michigan, like maybe, I don't know, like, um, maybe like two or three years by this time, maybe two years. And, um, I was looking to, I was teaching Pilates like super minimally. Cause I had so much on my plate. Cause I was kind of caring for my mom and caring for a toddler. And, um, so I was teaching like just, you know, a few hours a week maybe. And, and, uh, was looking for something like hoping that I could teach Pilates from home. And, but zoom wasn't a thing yet. And, um, so I was, I think I found it like on Facebook, uh, the person who had certified me in TRX, like she was offering a free webinar on, um, how to teach Pilates online. And I had tried to research to see like how you could do it on YouTube or it wasn't how to teach Pilates online, how to teach fitness online is what it was. And, um, so I was like, great, this is a free webinar. I'm going to learn how to teach fitness online and I'll be able to figure this all out. And so it ended up being like a little bait and switch deal. And she was really, the webinar was all about joining Beachbody. You know, and you can so, smell that. I'm like, like now, now like in the podcast, I'm like, oh no, the Beachbody oh, bitch is coming. <laughs> 100%. And, and I don't even know if she ever mentioned the name Beachbody. You know how they do like with like, you don't say the name of the company. It's a big secret, which is so weird. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so she, then she's talking about, well, you're not going to really be teaching online. You're going to be selling their courses that they have, and you're going to be a coach. Well, you know, if anybody has not heard any of Danielle's previous podcasts, like a coach in Beachbody, it's the term is literally meaningless. There's no, you do, you do not, do not coach anyone. <laughs> you, you sell products to them. So you're not, and, and people do not have to have any sort of qualifications to be a coach. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I think that you do coach people to buy more products. You, right. Coach. That's the only coaching you do coach how to sell more Shakeology. Right. <laughs> right. And, and the thing was, that was so weird was I don't recall. And I mean, it could have been just because there was so much information she was throwing at me. I didn't process it well enough, but like, I didn't remember her saying anything about like, you've got to have, like, you've got to buy, you've got to be on auto ship. You've got to buy these shakes and sell these shakes. I didn't remember anything about shake selling. So I was just like, basically I was kind of tricked into joining Beachbody and I was like, this isn't really what I want to do, but I need some extra income. So we'll see how this works. Like, but you know, I, several things that caused me to leave, um, you know, one was obviously the deceptive marketing and that kind of 
continued and perpetuated. I saw how that was like encouraged, um, allegedly in my opinion. And, (laughs) um, yeah. And so like, anytime we had meetings and there was a lot of like, I know you've talked about the bite model on this show before. There was a lot of time and information control kind of things. Um, but one of the things that really struck me when I was looking at Shakeology, because I have some background in nutrition and herbology, um, I did, I took a course on herbology and, and so I have a decent understanding of herbs. And so I'm reading the ingredients. And the one thing is like, they had, I don't know if they've changed it since then, but at the time I was in there, they had the ingredients in grouping. So they'd have like adaptogens, superfoods, which for those of you who don't know, superfoods is uh, literally a marketing term. It's meaningless. And, um, (laughs) and, you know, and then they'd have like whatever else. Right. But you, you only knew like the amount of the groupings, like they didn't have the individual ingredients listing how much was in it. So you literally had no idea what, how much of what ingredient was in there. And I did not like that (laughs) for various reasons. Um, Health being one of them, because if somebody has an issue with one of those ingredients and some of those ingredients could be unsafe with pregnancy and things like that. So I took it to my doctor and I was like, Hey, I, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this. And she confirmed my concerns and, you know, printed out some research about the different ingredients for me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, not, not cool with this. So, um, and then some other things that, you know, people were doing were like, working beyond their scope of practice. Like we did have some fitness people in our group, but you know, there's things that you, you cannot do as a fitness instructor or as a nutritionist or diet, unless you're a nutritionist or dietitian. Um, but well, I think you have to be a registered dietitian to actually prescribe a diet, but a nutritionist, you can give nutritional advice, but if you have no background, according to that, you shouldn't be telling a type two diabetic, for example, to, oh yeah, you can skip meals and just drink Shakeology. That's okay for you. Like, you know, that's, that's a horrible plan to do. And then also just some of the workouts and some of the, you know, diet plans I felt were really extreme, um, and not necessarily safe, you know, for the populations that I assume would be doing them and nobody's going to be watching them at home. It's like a recipe for harm. So, so yeah. So with all that kind of culminating, I just, I, I decided to leave, um, there. And then with young living, um, I, I kind of ended up being a distributor just because I bought a kit from like one of my relatives who sold young living. Cause I love essential oils and, and, um, you know, wanted to support her. And again, really didn't think even after my beach body experience, I didn't real. I just thought it was them as a company. I didn't realize that it was the structure that was messed up. And so, um, so yeah, so I supported her and her business and used the essential oils, bought them, um, but never intended to sell and didn't sell and, um, you know, enjoyed using the oils until one of my really close friends who is, super smart. She's actually a neuroscientist and, and it's just, but she enjoys like, you know, essential oils and holistic medicine and stuff as well. And, um, she sent me a bunch of articles about Gary Young 
<laughs> and she was like, dun, dun, dun. You have to read this. Yeah. And so I was like, oh no, oh my gosh, that is horrible. You know? And so I was just like, okay, I can no longer support this company. And so I contacted my relative and I said, Hey, listen, I just want to let you know why I'm not going to be buying these products anymore from you. And thankfully she was fine. She was like, okay, that's fine. No big deal. You know? (laughs) So it didn't hurt our relationship, any, thank goodness. But, but yeah, that's why I no longer use their products. Yeah. You can just buy uh, plant therapy is so much cheaper and not an MLM. So Yes. Like we have a local co-op and I just go get essential oils there and they're great. So yeah. Like these MLM companies for just about any product, they want everyone to believe that their stuff is the best and that why would you buy something else? Like you're stupid if you buy something else. Well, it's therapeutic grade though, Danielle. Oh, right. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Uh, Hashtag marketing term. Yeah. I, I mean, like, well, I, these terms are all really just like greenwashing health stuff, you know, it, and it's just so manipulative Very. because now I literally for a little bit, I was so overwhelmed by all of these terms. Cause I was like, what does any of this actually mean? I was trying to buy a face wash and I couldn't figure out what the face wash actually was because it like had all of these terms on it. And I was like, well, this looks like it should be good. This is the one that all the TikTok like dermatologists keep saying to use, but I like couldn't actually figure it out because there were so many terms on it instead of just like, this is what it does. (laughs) Absolutely. And we are not cosmetics chemists or toxicologists, right? I mean, unless somebody in the audience is, then you will understand these terms, but we don't understand ingredients. And it goes back to like the, you know, poisons in the dose. Like if, you know, some for parabens is a great example of an ingredient that has been really demonized. And it's one of the most highly researched preservatives. It's got so much evidence behind it. Now I understand like a lot of people have issues with the FDA and the CDC and all of these organizations. And, and I'm not, here saying that they are perfect because they are absolutely, oh, absolutely not. not. And I have friends who, but I also on the other side of the coin, I have friends who have done scientific research studies. Um, my neuroscience friend included, um, also a friend who is a dietitian for children with rare genetic disorders and has been a part of drug studies for her patients and has worked with, uh, drug companies to do research. And from what they've like on their end, it's like crazy. I mean, when the FDA comes to talk to you about these drugs, it's like, you feel like, you know, like the old school, like the interrogation, like, you know, the CIA has got you with the spotlight in your face. Like it's, you know, they, it's really intense. So, you know, there's aspects of these companies that are very, very stringent. And then there's obviously there's some bad press that there's validity to. So, you know, it is hard to sift through. It is confusing, but, um, you know, there are some good resources from, from, uh, and, and people with like Instagram accounts, um, who are toxicologists, who are, um, cosmetics chemists that you can, they have great information and I can. And I I think that another resource I'd love to just point out is the, the dream podcast. 
She yes. really does some good investigative journaling there. And I remember I actually listened to the dream when I was like in the process of really deconstructing still. And there were things that she said in that podcast. And I actually like firmly disagreed with some of them. And mm. it really took me a long time to be like, do I disagree with this because of like my MLM stuff? Like, is this like an MLM belief that I like am clinging to or is this something that I like believe? And like, it was really hard to like, listen to that because I was so programmed still. Um, but it was really, really interesting. Um, and I think it just highlights how much corruption, especially the MLM companies put on the FDA and stuff like that to not regulate supplements. Yes. And the fascinating thing with that, like now beauty counter is, is a skincare body, which always fascinates me. It's like you start out as like with Arbon, like started out as a skincare and cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And then they went into like supplements. I'm like, how do you segue? I mean, it's just like, why are you going to have all this stuff like to manage? I don't know, but like, yeah, it's fascinating. But like beauty counter is solely uh, cosmetics, skincare, body care. Um, they ha- I don't know if they still have hair care or not. They did at one time. And I think they kept like they got rid of a few lines and kept, I think, the basic like shampoo and conditioner. But um, well, at least the last one I was in it. And um, but uh, but yeah, I I um, it's interesting because their thing is, and what made it really appealing to me, their mission is to get safer products into the hands of everyone. That's their, their, uh, tagline, if you will, their mission statement. And they, one of the main things that they do aside from, you know, being a company that sells products is they lobby, they lobby politicians in Congress. So, and I'm not, I'm, I'm very moderate politically. Um, I'm active in those things. Um, you know, active in my community in terms of that. Um, MLM is bipartisan though. Like it is both sides 100%. So it doesn't matter. Yes. Vote for, you need to look into who is funding them. And yes, it like, uh, like, you know, we, we have just two people that are current today i know that they these are both very charged names but trump has an mlm and and kamala harris supports herbalife so yes we yes. have both it's, both absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't matter and it, and there are way more than that those are just the two yes. that i know off the top of my head <laughs> yes yes well and that's why it's serious because and that's why i bring it up because um you know, these companies and beauty counter, that's one of the things that they do. Like we encourage, and I think we have been, or I I shouldn't say we, I'm not with a company anymore, but when I was with beauty counter, you know, one of the big things was like getting consultants, getting customers text such and such number to, and text better beauty to such and such number, you know, to advocate for better beauty laws. And, you know, And that, you know, when you're putting your name on advocating for something and, you know, there's a little bit of truth in every lie, right? There's, there's some good science to what beauty counter says. The rest is marketing. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the same with Arbonne. That's the same with a lot of these clean beauty movement companies and beauty, but beauty counter has been really instrumental in, in taking it to that level of really lobbying. You know, I, they were a huge part of, you know, changing some laws in California and salons. They were a huge part of, of, you know, some of the sunscreen laws in Hawaii, um, things like that. And, and, you know, now with research that I'm looking at, it's like, you know, it's showing that, that it's actually some of these ingredients don't harm the coral reef. It's actually some of the other things that harm the reef, you know, and so things that they're advocating for are, are not fully true. And, and so it's really like, it's kind of, it's heartbreaking to me because I put time and energy into advocating for that and convincing other people to advocate for that. Right. And it's like, wow, I, you know, it's, I'm, I was deceived and I'm one of those people, like, I'm really passionate about looking and not taking everything at face value and looking at, but the problem was, is I trusted the science that they provided me. Yeah. And, you and know, I didn't look into it deep enough because I'm a busy mom right. and I'm a working mom and I have a whole lot of stuff on my plate. And that's, I think what they count on. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, what's really scary about your story um, is that it just res- resonates so much with the QAnon pipeline. Have you ever noticed that of like <clears throat> the um, drops of truth that are wrapped around with, you know, either misinformation or blatant lies and part of it's true. And you know, this part is true. So why would you look into the rest of it? Because, you know, we're busy. We all have everything going on in our lives. And I say this all the time, not really on the podcast, but in my regular life, I can't be an advocate for everything. I can't be the police on everything. I can't, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. And honestly, it's not fair to the causes that I decide to put my time and effort into. Other people can do that. Everyone needs to do their part, right? So like, you know, you're saying, okay, well, I know that this part of this is true. So like the rest of it must be true. And I'm going to, you know, use the, this much of my energy to go towards it. And it hurts. It's deceiving um, when it's not. And then, you know, going back to the QAnon thing, that's how all of a sudden you end up all the way down in the pipeline. And you're like, how did I get here? Thinking that Katy Perry eats children. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's so true. And, and you want to be, you know, you don't want to be the person that doesn't trust anyone or anything. Right. I've had, I've experienced a lot of trauma in my life and, you know, you, you kind of get that, um, you know, with that kind of trauma comes like lack of trust and really being like guard up and, you know, being like, okay, you have to earn my trust, which I think there's an element that's of that, that it's very healthy. There's an element of it that's, you know, kind of prevents you from going deeper with people. And so I've, I've really worked hard on that, you know, and you want to be able to trust people. You want to be able to take people at their word. And unfortunately, you know, with these kinds of companies, you just cannot, you just cannot. And, um, yeah, Yeah. And, and I think if you've experienced trauma or if you've been a survivor of any kind of abuse, 
um, it really does prime you to, to like, take, uh, like abuse or people, you know, kind of authoritatively telling you things like, you know, you, you kind of are primed for that. Like, and especially like I was in my, I'm in fitness now, but my background was like dance and theater and, you know, from, from my childhood, but then from dance and theater also, like it really primes you to take, like you get a lot of verbal abuse in those industries and, in the, you know, and, and so it's like, you start taking that as like, this is a form of training and discipline, right. Versus like, so if people are saying, you know, if you, if you don't do this, like, you know, you're not leaving a legacy for your family. You're look at all the people that are going to be harmed by these harmful ingredients and these products. Like if you don't do something and if you don't stay, you know, like, right. 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 I mean, like ultimately like the whole world is out to tell us that everything is bad for us. And like, nothing is good. Nothing is healthy. And like, you know, at some point you just have to say like, okay, well, I'm just going to do the best that I can. Yes. You know, I'm going to eat foods that make me feel good emotionally and physically. I'm going to do movement that makes me feel good emotionally and physically. And I'm going to use products that I feel good about buying, whether yes. it's, you know, trying to support mom and pops or, you know, saying, because I buy this $2 face wash instead of this $50 face wash, I'm allowed to buy my kid dance lessons. Yes. Yes. And you don't have to join an MLM. You can just save money like by buying less expensive products and there that money is left in your pocket. Right. Right. <laughs> so you've actually just earned money. <laughs> and like, it, especially when it comes to like skincare stuff, like if you have a real skincare issue, go to your doctor, go to your doctor and yeah. see if they can help prescribe you something or, you know, have a recommendation for a dermatologist or something like we pay a lot of money for insurance in this company, in this company, in this country, like yeah. use it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, and um, if it's just a basic moisturizer and like, you know, like I don't use anything on my face. I like occasionally wash it. It's great <laughs> but, yeah you have beautiful skin thank yeah. you it's yes. my best feature um <laughs> that well, is my stunning personality right yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely um but you know like you know and so if you have skin like mine like just buy as long as it doesn't irritate you just buy the cheap stuff that works you don't need to go and buy or you know do the elise myers experiment and see if head and shoulders will work on your skin <laughs> because if you have fungal acne apparently that works but um I think I saw that I don't know what like yeah that I know shared that and I was just like oh it's so cool yeah it is yeah so fascinating yeah well yeah and that's that's like some of the things that you know we talked about like that beauty counter does well is like, you know, things with packaging, things with sourcing, things with, um, you know, well, we talked about the B Corp and, but in that some of their science is, is accurate. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's attractive. Right. And that gets you in. Um, and that, you know, they're, as we heard, uh, the founder and former CEO 
say like, you know, they're not just an M. Well, she said they're not an MLM, which is untrue, but they, you know, they do have brick and mortar stores. They do have, you can buy products directly from the website. You can buy like select products are in goop. They've had limited partnerships Ooh. with target and Sephora, um, you know, things. Yeah. Another, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's another story. That's another subject, right? Healthy and then experience, in my opinion, go listen to, it sounds like a cult uh, episode on Goop. So good. Yeah. Yes. And um, so, so yeah, they're, they're not just, but to say they're not an MLM is patently false because the largest part of the company is the 50,000 and probably more now, but is the 50,000 consultants. Yep. That they have, because in her words, our story is best told person to person, right? So yes, that's true that they are not just that, but that is the largest part of the company. And for her to say that it's not that structure, I don't know what that is. I, I, you know, as I'm a company owner, a small, very small business, but owner, nevertheless, founder and owner, and I know exactly what my business structure is. It's impossible to be the founder and owner of a business and not know what your business structure is. So that's, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but, Same. but there's so many things too, that they do that are, you know, typical of MLM tactics. And it's kind of like, as I started, looking at this, as I started looking at my financials and, and I started, I don't know how I got to Roberta Blevins podcast, but I started listening to her podcast. Then she mentioned you one time, or you were a guest on there or something. And then I listened to your podcast and I listened to, I think it was, I think I listened to the dream and then read uh, Stephen Hassan's book and read uh, Robert Fitzpatrick's book, the Ponzinomics. And, you know, I just started like, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's literally all the same. And like, one of the things like, this is not like the company has a great return policy for their products. But one of the things like, in terms of like, um, uh, like the Facebook pages and stuff for the, the consultants and things like you cannot be negative in air quotes. I'm going to put air quotes around the word negative. You cannot critique things without people going off on you or getting it taken down. So like one example was like they first, when they first came out with mascara, I guess mascara is really difficult to make with in air quotes, safer ingredients. So the first mascara they came out with, it, it didn't, it was not good. Like it flaked, it had different effects on different people. Some people had a hard time removing it. And the, for me, it like flaked all off on my skin and left like, you know, marks under my eyes. So I, I just took a picture and showed the consultant as like, Hey, this is not working for my skin. Like this is not working on my eyelashes. And I mean, some people were responding nicely and just giving suggestions. Like one of them was like, did you use it on your bottom eyelashes? I'm like every mascara I've ever used in my life, I've used on my bottom lashes and I've never had a problem. So that's not the issue the issue, you know, blaming me because I must've used it wrong. Right. Because right, obviously but your bottom eyelashes are defective. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it, that was so weird, but she wasn't trying to be mean. Like she was actually talking in a nice way, yeah. but like this other person though, like started attacking me and was just like all angry and passive aggressive and was like, I don't care what it does. I'm going to sell the 
crap out of it. She didn't say crap, but like, you know, and I'm just like, really, you're going to sell a product to clients that doesn't work well. And you feel good about that. That's kind of sad, especially when the company is all about transparency. I'm like, that's not good. So then they started coming out with videos about and tutorials from like our, the company makeup artists on how to like make it so it doesn't smear under there and like put powder under your eyes and all this stuff. And I was just like, you have got to be flipping kidding me. So you're going to make the customer be responsible for the product working versus pulling the product and redoing it. Now they eventually came out with new mascaras that apparently worked better, but I just, I use waterproof mascara. I use like a different brand waterproof because I sweat all the time because you know, I'm fitness. So like I need waterproof anyway, but I was just like, what in the world? That sounds exactly like what they do with Monet. Uh, yeah. Monet with their shampoo. Like, you know, you have people that say like, Hey, this isn't working. And instead of saying, huh, like maybe it's our formula. They say, no, maybe it's you. And you clearly don't know how to wash your hair. Right. So clearly you just didn't know how to apply mascara. Right. I didn't. I, I've never done it right, apparently, in my whole life. So Although I will give Beauty Counter kudos for actually reformulating and like taking the product off their shelf because that's more than other MLMs do when they have an issue with their product. Yes, they did remain. And they they did made like three attempts. So like I, as far as I know, maybe they've come out and they came out with like, I think two different ones, like the last I saw but yeah so they did like they do listen to feedback like the customer service people that answer the phones and stuff are are so fantastic like they're great they're trained really well um but and also these she said in her her clip that you played like that we make money from selling products well you can make some money selling some products i had some regular clients um but you do not promote and you do not make an income that you can live off of by selling products. I can say that from personal experience. And I only worked it very part-time. I was, I was only a consultant. I'd never promoted. Um, and, and that was my intention. Like I wanted to work it very part-time. So I, you know, I just wanted it as a, as they say, a side gig or a side hustle, right? I'm doing the Chris Farley air quotes in here, people, if you, so you can't see me. Um, but, but yeah. And so, um, so that was fine. You know, I didn't put a lot of time, but I did put time, energy and effort into it and money for buying the products. And I finally like, broke down what I had made. And I think like the last year that I had worked into like 2021, I kept track a little bit and I probably worked like five, five to 10 hours a week, but probably five plus hours average. And I earned in my 1099, I earned like $665. Like yeah, it's like $665 and some change. And, um, that's not including my expenses. Now, this is just what the statement had. And so if you multiply five hours a week times 52 weeks per year, that equals 260 hours. So if you divide 665 by 260 hours, that's $2 and 56 cents per hour. Slave labor. 
So in 1989, <laughs> I had a job at Pickway Shoes and I made $335 an hour. Okay. <laughs> like so yeah, in 1989. So if that tells you anything, yeah. So I was like, I had never really broken down the numbers that quite that, you know, deliberately before. And I think they count on you doing that. Right. And so, you know, you can't, you, and that isn't including expenses. So I, it was probably a wash for the products that I bought. Maybe I even lost a little bit of money. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate because that's five hours a week that I can't get back. Right. And I, you know, I had some really nice customers. I, when I was leaving the company, I I wrote a letter to my customers and, you know, thanked them. And I wrote a letter to my upline as well and sent it via email to each of these people. And, and, you know, I heard back from most of my customers and, you know, they were very kind and things like that. And, but I did explain to them in a kind way, not in a, you know, disparaging way of the company, because I didn't want to speak. I didn't want it to seem like it was coming from sour grapes. It really wasn't. It was just a decision. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, not benefiting me or my family, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I don't want, to influence people to do this. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I, you know, I was very kind about it, but unfortunately my upline, um, didn't answer me. So it's just been cricket since then. And, and more than hurt, I was disappointed really, because I thought she was my friend and, and, you know, really felt like we had a decent friendship and, you know, just nothing. I haven't heard from her since then. So, yeah, I was super disappointed. I don't harbor any bitterness or anger toward her at all. Um, but it's just, it's just very sad. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's sad that, that people are still willing, because I I think when you get to a certain point in the company, you can't not know that people are losing money because you see all of the people under you and what they're doing and what they're making. And you can't just assume like, well, they're just lazy. They're not doing anything because it's just not true. It's just not true. Like, I don't know that I have ever worked. uh, How do I word this? I think that when I was in MLM, I worked the hardest I've ever worked ever. Um, Like, you know, you're just constantly working constantly. Like, it's not necessarily like, I mean, it's difficult in like the mind bending way of like trying to figure out how to manipulate people which you don't realize that's what you're doing right um but like when you're trying to figure out how to manipulate people especially when like that's not like I don't think any of us are going around being like I wonder how I can manipulate people to buy my products um and join my scam like I don't think any of us do that Mm -mm. but like it's exhausting because especially because it's not we're not calling a cow a, a cow a cow here. We're saying, oh, we're learning sales tactics. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things too that they did, and I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, is um, you know, convincing customers and and consultants for that matter, because really the consultants are the main customer, right? Um, is convincing people to layer products. 
And that was one thing that, you know, I never did because I don't do that myself. Like I'll, I use like a face wash in terms of like the face skincare. I use like a, the face wash and like a, a toner or astringent. And then I'll use like a moisturizer sunscreen and that's it. And then that's what I have under my makeup, you know, and then I use like makeup remover wipes at night. So it's super simple. And, you know, sometimes I use an eye cream because especially in the winter here, we, it gets dry, but otherwise I keep it really simple. I'm not going to tell somebody, oh yeah, you need to use the serum. And then at night you use this night cream. And then in the day you use this day cream. And then you use people can't afford that. Like, I mean, unless you're really, you are loaded, you can't, I mean, some of these products are so expensive. It's like, no, I'm not going to ask my friend who's a single mom to buy this whole giant regimen when all she needs is like two products. And yeah. And it's just unfortunate. And, and, and also with like the holiday packaging and stuff too, like, you know, the new product launches and all that, like they want you to have that so people can try it and convince it's always getting you to buy more. Why? Because they make commission off of that. Right. And I think that that just goes to show, like, I actually was thinking this when we were talking about like the brick and mortar stores, how like they do have the option for you to buy outside of the MLM structure through brick and mortar and through the website. You said you can buy through the website and it doesn't bounce back to a consultant. Nope. Nope. Yeah. You don't have to buy a con or buy a consultant. Wow. That would be bad. (laughs) That would be even worse than what we're already dealing with. That would really be bad. Yeah. No, but yeah, you don't have to buy through a consultant. I think you can choose a consultant through the website, um, but you don't have to. Okay. So like, I mean, that just goes to show like, why would, so why would a company want to do this? And the only reason I can think of, like, if you're already paying for advertising, if you're already paying for the storefront, if you're already having the website where they can buy directly from you and you don't have to pay commission to somebody is because we're the customers. Yes. And that's the problem. Well, and we're also the free advertisement. And the free advertisement. We're the free marketing. We're the yeah. free marketing. They throw pennies at you and you get excited because you think you're making money. You think you're doing something. You think you're making a difference. And then the next thing you know, you who are in debt. Yes, absolutely. And you have a closet full of products that you're never going to use. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's. Um, yeah, it's disappointing. (laughs) It really is. is. Like, especially for a company like that, like if they really sat down and looked at it all, which I have to imagine somebody is, somebody must be looking at the income from the stores versus the income from direct online sales and then the income that consultants are bringing in and they must be able to see that it's the consultants spending the money. They must be able to see that. They have to be able to see that, especially from, because there's reports that the upline people can print out. Right. See what people are selling. And I guarantee that because I, I think I figured out, I'm just trying to see where I wrote it down. I think it's on my little, I have like 50 pieces of paper here. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. So for, the counter control collection. Okay. It's $156. This is a skincare collection, skincare collection, um, for acne prone skin. That's the one I happen to use. Okay. 
And so it's $156 for the whole collection. So expensive. And we'd get 25% commission on that. So it's $39 commission. So if you wanted to make $20,000 a year, you would have to sell 512 of those collections. Wow. And like, unless you're a huge, right. Unless you're a huge influencer, like unless you're, you know, a celebrity, right. Are you really going to be able to sell thousands and thousands of skincare kits to make an income to live off of? Right. Cause it's not like skincare is something that, and that's why these health and wellness MLMs get like do so well, I think is because they can sell everything in 30 day batches. So you have to buy every month. But yes. the skincare MLMs, who are you selling to? Yes. At most, you're buying products every six months. Maybe you get something that only lasts a month every now and again. But yep. like, for the most part, these products should be lasting more than 30 days. Well, and one of the things in, you know, Beauty Counter did, and I realized that a lot of um, MLMs do this too, is changing the packaging. Mm-hmm. So they changed the packaging. And so then, you know, well, you want to have that so people can hold the full size in their hand and you want to do drop-offs. Did you guys do drop-offs in Arbonne? Like uh, you have- yeah, you could. I never did, but I know people that did. Right, right. And so obviously like during COVID, like they didn't have, Beauty Counter did have samples. So like you they didn't have samples of everything, mind you, but like, and so you could obviously make your own samples, but like during COVID, then they'd say, oh, mail people samples, you know, and like, but that costs money too, you know, and it costs money with postage and all of that. And it's like, most people would come on the consulting groups and be like, okay, I've sent out X amount of samples and nobody's ever bought anything for me. (laughs) So it's just like, you spent all that money to no avail. Right. And not even all of the money, but I think back when I made like little sample, like mailers or whatever, how much time I spent doing that. Yes. I can't get that time back. No, you can't. Absolutely. 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 And yeah, I, I think too, like, you know, with the, with the manipulative, manipulative, goodness gracious <laughs> language, you know, that they use, um, and, and like the scarcity marketing they use to really, um, get you as a consultant, like, look, we've got these holiday sets. They're coming in, like, they're going to sell out. They're going to sell out. So you need to get it now, like get your, and they'd have different packages, set up so that you can get it. And, and then they, you'll have that there for your customers. And at first they would tell us like, well, you can't sell these to your customers. You've just got to have that there for sampling. And I'm just like, what, if I bought it, like I can do what I, you know what I mean? And they're like, no, you should just be having that for samples. That's why we're giving you a discount. Cause it would be like extra discount because the holiday. And I'm just like, uh, no. And like most people, like, for example, if it was like a lip gloss, uh, I forget what they called it, but like, it'd be a bunch of different lip glosses and like a sample pack, a pack yeah, pack. something, but they didn't call it that. Cause it was like, some of them were minis or full size or whatever anyway, but, um, they'd have the, all the colors of the lip gloss glosses. And, you know, a lot of people would like break the kits up 
and then, you know, individually price them to sell, like if they had like an open house or something, you know, which makes sense and you make money and people can grab and go and they have something to gift somebody, right. Or their teacher or whatever, right. their kid's teacher, but you know, which is smart, but they, at first, yeah, they would tell us like, oh, you can't do that. It's like, I oh, I was just going to say, I'm sure that you couldn't actually do that. Like, yeah. The company and it's like, but people like did. Yeah. <laughs> So, cause it's like, um, yeah, no, I'm not going to use all of these colors of lip gloss. Like what? And like, I think that just goes right back to like, we are not business owners in MLM. Like we need to, like, I think that is something that is being like told now in MLM is that you are not a business owner. Um, and then they're trying to like, kind of glorify it of like, you're not a business owner and this is why, but this is why this is better than being a business owner because you don't have all the responsibilities. Like we take care of all of these hard things and you just do this part. Right. Um, but it's like you're a business owner. So you're still a boss, babe. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and it is like you're a business owner in the sense of all of the hours you put into it. Right. But unfortunately, like you don't get the return. Like if I, you know, if I teach fitness or if I teach Pilates lessons to people or classes to people, guess what? I get paid for those. People pay me. (laughs) It's guaranteed, you know, and it's, they pay ahead of time and it's, they either buy a package or they pay individually, but I get paid. And so, you know, yes, I have to pay my own taxes on it because I'm an independent contractor, but I get paid. And so that's the the difference between being a regular, you know, either independent contractor with a regular business or, you know, or a business owner is that you, you get paid for your services guaranteed. Right. Unless you choose to give it for free, then that's different, but And if you are a business owner that has products, if you want to get inventory and buy products and then break up the products and make mini products, that is totally on you. Unless you sign a contract with the distributor that says you are not going to do that, then you would be able to do whatever you want with whatever. Like if you want to buy a case of lip glosses and you want to mix them up and make a little like mystery bag, then like you could do that versus having like the box open or whatever. Like you can't do that in MLM because they are dictating how you use the product and how you market the product in a lot of ways. Yes, absolutely. And, and language too, like they definitely want you, which is understandable, right? A company, they want their brand to represent a certain thing. So saying like, Hey, you can only, you can use this language when describing our products, not this things like that. I think that's fair, obviously, because you want your brand represented in a certain way. Um, but again, it just shows you though, that you are not the owner. Um, but also I think that the, I mean, as we've kind of seen in the anti-MLM world is that most of the time they're controlling the language because they're trying not to get in trouble, not yeah. because they want to control their image. Um, yeah. It's more like, well, you can say mental clarity, but you can't say, I don't know, like brain, I don't know. Can you say brain fog? You probably can't. Or know. like, uh, like you can say that it helps with focus, but you can't say it helps with ADHD type of stuff right. like that. Right. 
Right. Well, and, and um, it, it, the interesting thing with MLMs, beauty counter included is like, you'll see like people in your upline or even other people that, you know, and consultants, maybe on a different team, like posting in a certain way, like sharing their income and, or sharing things like there's a really well-known uh, Canadian consultant who's got a huge social media following. And she, uh, you know, posts things like that a lot. And, and, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like what, you know, huh? You, you can't say like, oh, this is a side hustle and this is how much you can make if you sell these products. Like, and, um, and I, one time I shared, I kind of did like a copy and paste that was shared mm-hmm. and I got flagged for it. Like somebody must have a report and they said, can you, the company actually messaged me and said, Hey, can you please take that wording out or please take that post? And I was like, Oh, sure. You know, but I was only doing what other consultants were doing. Right. And it, so it's very common practice, even though the company officially doesn't sanction those things. It is very common practice in every MLM that I've ever been to use income claims, to use various claims of various kinds. Um, and as well as, you know, in the, in the private Facebook consultant groups, you know, working beyond your scope of practice, unfortunately. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like we, we see it everywhere. I think, you know, everyone's a skincare specialist everyone's a fitness specialist everyone like all of a sudden all of these people know everything about mental health and like I mean I think that generally speaking we're all the own experts of our own bodies um but that doesn't mean that we don't need guidance from others like I know when my knee hurts but I don't know how to fix it so absolutely absolutely Yes. Well, and I'm sure, you know, like from your husband and from like, you know, myself, like as fitness instructors and fitness coaches, um, that, you know, even though we've had extensive education in that we're certified, we can only say, okay, like let's, you know, let's, oh yeah, I can see your quads need strengthening for a random thing, for example, you know, whatever. Okay. We can do some exercises to strengthen your quads. But if somebody's got a dysfunction in their knee or their ACLs torn, I can't diagnose that. And I certainly cannot prescribe for that. I can work with a doctor or a physical therapist and they can say, hey, this is what we recommend. So you can do these exercises and these exercises they should not do, you know, which the term is contraindicated. And, you know, but yeah, and that's within the scope of our practice, but not. Right. saying oh yeah I think you're such and such right needs surgery <laughs> like right no. no right and like I think that that's kind of where like this like stuff gets so twisted out of line because especially in the supplement MLMs they feel like they can cure everything yes. um because they have so much belief in their product that they think that it, like and like I mean it's it's the n equals one study, right? Like you know, if the only um, what's it called example? That's not the word I'm looking for, but that's the only word I can think of. Um, is you? 
Like it's not a legit study. Like you need a group of people. You need actual collected evidence that's run by someone that's unbiased. And, but you get these groups of consultants that are like, oh my gosh, like this worked for me and this worked for me and this worked for me. And then they're like, well, it must be true for everyone. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They'll, they'll talk about eczema or psoriasis or whatever, you know, or I have the rosacea on my face. What product should I use? And it's just like, oh my gosh, please stop. Yeah. Just please don't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't say that. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Right. Is there anything else that you want to get into before I ask you the, my final question? Well, I guess uh, just to encourage people to really do your research, um, you know, don't take these companies at face value, the clean beauty industry, clean beauty, that is very, we could go on for hours about that, really. Um, you know, one of the things that beauty counter does, I know Arban did this too, um, you know, is saying the number of, of, uh, ingredients they ban mm. as a marketing tool and, um, you know, in saying, giving the example that the EU bans like 1400 or whatever, and the U S only bans like 30 and Canada bans 80 or whatever the numbers are. And if I'm messing them up, I apologize, but, right. but there's, you know, there's a lot of reasoning behind, why we don't ban some of those ingredients. And the reason is they would never be used in personal care products in the first place. So really <laughs> we're not going to use rocket fuel in lotion. It's just not going to happen. Okay. They won't do that. We actually have really, really good, um, you know, cosmetics chemists and, um, you know, research scientists and toxicologists here in this country who for large companies, a lot of people demonize large companies, but a lot of these large companies have a huge R&D department that has all of these people giving them that information. So they're very, they have a lot of research behind their products. Don't be scared to go to the store and pick something off the shelf. If it doesn't work for you, I'm very sensitive to synthetic fragrances. Um, I have a lot of sensitivities in that regard. I have sensitive skin. Um, you know, if then check it out, like see if it has fragrance on it. And if you don't, if that doesn't work for you as an example, then just buy something that's fragrance free or buy something that has, you know, maybe an essential oil that you can tolerate or something like that. You can look for things like that, but don't be afraid of every ingredient. Um, there are really good resources online, the eco well, um, the Melanin Chemist, Lab Muffin Beauty, those are a few examples of um, of uh, cosmetics chemists. I was like, what? <laughs> cosmetics chemists that have really, really good information. Um, yeah, yeah. And just don't let people manipulate you, um, you know, into not listening to what you know to be, or to listening to you know, going against your gut, I guess, you yeah. know, listen, listen to what you know to be true and really examine it. And, um, yeah. 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 I mean, I think that that's so, so huge. Like I remember like being in MLM and like having those gut feelings of like, I don't really like this, but everyone's so happy and everything seems so great. And like, 
and like really just not listening to that voice in my head that was like why are you doing this um and like just pushing it aside that cognitive dissonance and um I'm just so glad that like these resources exist now like the anti-MLM community does exist and that we do have like so many compassionate people here that are willing to help um and educate and not just be angry (laughs) Um, yes and that's what I love about your approach Danielle and like uh, other content creators like Roberta Blevins and and um, there's a few others that I I enjoy because you do approach it in such a compassionate way Mm -hmm. and really treating people you know we're all people like like you said earlier no one gets into this saying I want to hurt people but exactly the opposite you get into these companies because you want to help people because you care and so just thank you for really treating people um, well and, and loving people well. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate hearing that. Um, and, you know, and there, and saying that, you know, there, I'm sure that there are people in MLMs that know exactly what they're doing, that know exactly that they're taking advantage of people. But overall, most of us aren't most of us aren't those people like we're there because we want the community because we think it's going to help us make a little bit of extra money for our family because we feel trapped in capitalism. Um, and then, you know, just wanting to be a positive change in the world. They like really capitalize on that in MLMs of wanting to help people, wanting to help people have better skin, have better gut health, have better fitness and nutrition and all that stuff. Like we want to help people. We want to be nice people. And it's just such a shame that uh, it really does the opposite. Yes, absolutely. All right. Holly, what is your (laughs) anti-MLM why? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me this and I did not prepare for this question. (laughs) (laughs) You prepared so much too. Oh my gosh. I know. And this one question that I knew you were going to ask and I didn't prepare. You know, my anti-MLM why is really, um, I'm passionate about truth and trans real transparency. And I am also passionate about people. I care about people. I care about my family and I care about your family. You know, I, I want, um, to offer things to people that actually help them. And I feel like, you know, what you're doing, I, I will never be an anti-MLM content creator. However, I do sometimes share, on, and my stories, um, content that other people create, but I always want to share things that are informationally based and helpful and kind. Um, like you said, I, you know, we don't, it's not necessary to be angry, um, or, or, uh, you know, vicious about anything. Um, but you know, just by educating as we wanted to do in the MLM, we can educate outside of the MLM and really lift people up and 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 give a soft provide a soft landing for people who come out of MLM and say, hey, we're here for you. We want to support you. We want to help you in any way we can transition and show you, you know, a way to have a business as a mom or as a single parent, or as even if you're not a parent and you just want to have some extra money, you know, you're in college, whatever, there are all these 
places they target. Um, and speaking of that, um, the small business administration has a free service. And I don't know if you've heard of this, Danielle, but it's called SCORE. And it's in many communities. And if it's not in your community or you hadn't heard of it, you can go onto the SBA website and it's SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. It's an acronym. And don't ask me what the acronym stands for because I can't remember. <laughs> but um, but they have volunteer business mentors, people who have owned their own businesses, have tons of business experience, either are retired and have sold their business or are still doing their business actively. And they are there. They just are really kind people that want to donate their time to walk you through to help you build your business in whatever you're looking for advice on. So, and they offer three free webinars and everything. So it is a free service, no bait and switch. It is free. Wow. So yeah. Um, paging Michelle Carpenter, maybe we can add this to, uh, the stuff that we are working on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, cause Michelle is working on, I just, she's doing so much stuff on the back end to like create resources for people and point people in the right direction. And I know that she has a bunch of stuff cooking and I think this would go so well with what she has going on and it's going to be so helpful for people to be able to find this resource yes I've used the service myself and it's super helpful I've used it a couple of times yeah yeah it's great so do they like help you like understand like how to do like business taxes and like things like that and like setting up your LLC whatever you are looking for. So you can put in there and then they'll pair you with the mentor that's best kind of fits what you're looking for. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And is it like an in-person thing or is it like a zoom thing? Yes, both. (laughs) It can be, it can be in person or zoom. Usually zoom anymore is like really convenient for people's schedules. So, um, that's what the last one, but the first one I ever did, I did have it in person and it was, it was really neat. That yeah. is really cool. Yeah. All right. So um, do you want, I know you have your own small business. So do you want to shout that out? Do you do online Pilates classes? Like, is that something that I, you could do? I do do that. Yeah, I do Ooh. do one at 6 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesdays and Fridays. <laughs> so if anybody wants to, I actually have a, a student that, um, comes it's 5 a.m her time central time so she's she's hardcore yeah but um yeah I do have that um but in the summer I do have uh, my business it's called aqua dolce paddle and uh, I teach stand-up paddle boarding um and I do some tours a little bit too but mostly uh classes and and less private lessons and that's super fun and uh yeah, but I, yeah. And I teach fitness, uh, through a stu- a local studio here in Northern Michigan. And then I, um, yeah. And then I do some online and in my home too. So nice. So if somebody wants to find you to ask about your 6am class, where can they find you? <laughs> Um, you know what? They can, they can shoot me an email. That would be easy to do. Um, okay. it's Holly H O L L I Pilates P I L a T E S at gmail.com. And then, uh, my Instagram for my, my paddle biz is aqua dolce paddle. And I'll spell that it's a C Q U a D O L C E paddle P A D D L E. 
Awesome. Yeah. So if anyone really connects with your story, like they are definitely encouraged to reach out with kind words. Um, you know, we all love to hear that, you know, these stories don't go unlistened to and that it meant something to someone out there. Um, so I always encourage people to leave a nice, leave a nice note. <laughs> we like it. Awesome. Um, and yeah, also that 6am class, that sounds awesome. I know like my local uh, yoga studio only had like their first class starts at nine o'clock and I'm like, okay, well, I can't go to that. Like have a nine o'clock. Well, I have like 10 o'clock clients. So I would be like in my yoga gear, sweaty and cause it's hot yoga. So it would be, <laughs> we, be would, we would always joke at the studio because uh, in the studio I taught at in Chicago, I'm from Chicago originally. And uh, the, we had Pilates and yoga instructors and we'd always joke how like yoga instructors aren't as intense as Pilates instructors. It was like, we're powered by coffee. And <laughs> so we're like 6am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. At my old studio, like when I, where I like found hot yoga, um, they had like 5am classes and it was great. Like I would wake up in the morning, oh go gosh, there for five o'clock awesome. in the morning and start off my day with a really good sweat that was so intense that I wanted to throw up and it was great. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But anyways, thank you so much, Holly. This was such a cool conversation. Um, I love when we are able to really jump beyond like I love the stories, like the personal stories, but I really like when we're able to have these uh like company specific talks and like talk about these like real issues with these companies because it's concerning and problematic and so frustrating. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Danielle. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Bye.